Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to OzCastNetwork.com for details. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. There's three sides to every story. There's my side, your side, and the truth. Which Kelly are you? Edward. People call me Ned. I photograph what my conscience asks me to. Mad Max 2. It's my kind of movie. Shut up! Shut up! Your friend can't come back, Sledge. Oh, he's disabled. I'm this carer. You're blind. He's an equal opportunity employer. The kids who are sick cannot do the hip-hop anymore. G'day, folks. Welcome to The Curb. My name is Andrew Pierce, and this is the podcast that takes a look at Australian film and Australian culture and talks with the people who make it happen. This podcast is proudly recorded in the lands of the Wajak people of Perth region and our pay respects to their elders, both past, present and emerging. On this particular episode, well, look, you'll hear it in the actual discussion itself, but I mentioned that this is probably the hardest interview that I've ever done, uh, and it's because of the subject matter of the film that uh, I'm talking to the filmmakers about. The documentary is Laura's Choice. The filmmakers are Sam Lara and her mum, Kathy Hankel. And this is a beautiful documentary about Sam's grandmother and Kathy's mother, Laura Henkel. She's an eccentric, outspoken, feisty 90-year-old. She's decided that she wants to end her life on her own terms. And alongside Sam and Kathy, uh, Laura takes us on this journey of deciding to have the process of assisted dying and... It is a beautiful film, and it is a wonderful film, and it is a very funny film in a lot of ways, all because of how glorious and joyful and beautiful Laura is as a person, and how fortunate we are as people being able to actually sit there and talk and hear and listen and experience Laura's journey alongside Sam and Kathy. Uh, this is a profoundly beautiful and profoundly brilliant documentary, and a profoundly glorious and life-affirming and genuinely heartwarming and brilliant film to see. Uh, I was in tears uh, at the end of it, as everybody would be, because of of the journey that we go through. Um, But even if we didn't experience uh, Laura's passing at the end, I believe that I would still be in tears because of just how wonderful a person Laura is as a a person. And I'm, I'm... just grateful to have been able to experience a a fraction of her life and I can only imagine how much of a wonderful uh, grandmother and how much of a beautiful mother she would be to have and that's why I'm even more grateful to be able to spend time having talked to Sam and Kathy about this particular film Uh, I'm grateful that they shared their story and I'm grateful that they trusted the audience with sharing their story and that's how I begin this discussion Uh, I'm recording this intro and releasing this podcast and this interview on International Women's Day and uh, 
there is a thing that I like to do with this particular website and this this podcast, um, and that's shine a spotlight on people who may not usually get to have their stories told. And I think that, you know, for Laura's Choice and for Sam and Kathy, this particular film is going to be screening at the WA Made Film Festival on Saturday, 13th of March at 1.30pm. And there will be a conversation afterwards as well. But if you can't make it to Western Australia or Perth for some reason to see this particular film this coming Saturday, then the good thing is, is that it will be screening the following week on ABC. And... I know that that is a global platform. There is a a, a, a manner of, of reaching out to people and being able to talk to people about this very, very sensitive subject. Um, but one of the things, as I was saying, that I like to do is, is highlight these particular stories and narratives that deserve a welcome place in the world and deserve uh, an elevation of, of some regard. And I think that there is possibly no better film or greater film than Laura's Choice to elevate and celebrate right now. Um, I found this film just about one of the best films I've ever seen. And it is one of the most important documentaries that I've ever seen. And I hope that you take the time to watch this particular film with your family, with your friends, and with your loved ones. And have the conversations that we need to have right now. Because I think that one of the things that Laura's Choice does is it encourages the conversations about end-of-life care. And the discussions about what happens as we we near an age where we are comfortable with the life that we've had. Where we near an age where we have made that choice where we say, I don't think I can go on anymore or I've had my fill of life and I don't want to experience what is coming next and I think that that discussion needs to be had because certainly uh, as I hint throughout the particular interview here I had those discussions with my grandfather years ago and he is now at a point in his life where dementia is taking place and his awareness of what is going on in the world is no longer there and his facilities are no longer there in the way that they once were before. And gosh, I wish that I had a film like Laura's Choice uh, to take to my family and say, maybe this is the future that my grandfather, a person who I went on a similar journey with, uh, like Sam does in this particular film with her mother, her grandmother, Laura. Um, I wish I had this kind of film to say, I mean, in 2006, I went on a trip to Scotland uh, with my grandfather and I just think of the same kind of journey that that I went on that is very similar to what Sam went on with with her grandmother and I wish that... Uh, I love my grandfather dearly, but I wish that I had the ability to embrace him and say, you don't need to go through what you're going through and I wish that we had that conversation sooner. And I'm grateful, eternally grateful, that Laura saw the possibility in her daughter and her granddaughter to tell this story and to reach a broader uh, world and, and realization that this kind of thing needs to take place. We, we are on the dawn of a new horizon. We need to embrace this kind of um, comfort and, and end of life care and, and things like that. Uh, I've talked a lot 
here in this intro you, more than I usually do because this is a really personal film and I think that it's a film that um, it's not just personal for me. I have nothing to do with it other than sitting here and watching it and feeling moved and, and grateful that I got to experience Laura's story and Sam's story and Kathy's story. But it's personal because we all go through these kinds of things and we all have these thoughts and we all have this um, appreciation of, of, of what is what the end of our life might look like. And Laura made a difficult choice, but it was an informed and educated choice. And we go through that process in this particular film. And I, I urge you all to go through that process too and to take it. And, you know, I wrap up this interview with a question that I, as, as both Sam and Kathy say, I probably should have asked it first. Because I think that it would have been a much more different interview if I did, but I was a little bit apprehensive. I didn't know how to navigate this one. And I know that a lot of people won't know how to navigate this kind of discussion with their loved ones and their family and friends. And I hope that this interview and I hope that this film gives you the courage and the, the strength to be able to navigate those end of life discussions because we all need to have them. Uh, we do, for our parents, for our sisters, for our brothers, for our children, uh, for our grandparents. It's not easy, but life is not easy and death is even harder. Uh, this is a really difficult topic to discuss, and I hope that this interview does it justice, and I hope that you look after yourselves. If this interview or this film does bring up any um complex feelings um, please get in touch with lifeline lifeline in australia is a a valuable resource and you know it has certainly helped a lot of people uh 13 11 14 is the place to get in touch with them they are beyond helpful and beyond useful people especially for dealing with this kind of thing alternatively uh, beyond blue is also there as well for anxiety depression and suicide prevention um, even though suicide prevention in this regard is is not what we're looking at their contact number is one three hundred two two four six three six. thank you again folks for listening this far and and sorry for for carrying on so much uh in this intro but i feel that this is the sort of discussion that needs to have this kind of um, uh, groundwork laid out. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your listening and look after yourselves. Here is Sam Lara and Kathy Hankel talking about Laura's Choice. Thank you both for trusting the audience to tell your story and Laura's story. Um, that's really hard. And I know it's hard because I've seen the film. I've, I've watched you both sit there on your couch talking with each other. And that kind of openness has got to be really difficult. So thank you for being vulnerable for everybody else because that's what this film kind of feels like. Um, that's how I kind of want to start this uh, in a way because... 
Yeah. That's what I felt like. As soon as I finished watching it, I was like, I closed my laptop. I'm like, I just want to say thank you and give them a hug because <laughs> they've been through so much. So, oh, that's really lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Hug accepted. Virtual <laughs> <laughs> COVID safe hug. Yeah. And thank you for, for trusting me to do an interview with you and talk to you about this because I know that um, I guess the, the, the first kind of thing is it, there is a button on this film and the button is Laura's journey and Laura's story in the sense that this is supposed to be a, a call to action, a spark. How do you deal with that kind of that emotional transference of, of carrying on this kind of story and this legacy for uh, somebody who is so close to you both? Wow. Okay. Going straight to the hard stuff. <laughs> I will. I'm really sorry. I am sorry. <laughs> All right. Oh, look, this is a question, you know, we're grappling with. My mum was very insistent that, you know, first of all, that we make the film. She um, has had a film made about her before and she saw the power that that film had to create a conversation and an impact in the area of sexual assault and bl victim blaming and so forth. So she's the one who said, I want you to make this film, but I want it not just to be my story. Um, I want it to be about the bigger issue of how the elderly, um, you know, manage their last days and how they deal with death. And I wanted to provoke a conversation. Um, she was so insistent on that. She went to the media herself. She, she went through the whole process of applying to the clinic herself and she kind of dragged us along um, filming. <laughs> and, you know, we came to see um, a huge amount of benefits from this way of dying, and, and we can talk about that separately. But in terms of her, the impact she wanted, really she just wanted us to start this conversation, and here we are doing it. We hope that the ABC broadcast will generate um, a lot of conversation. We're expecting some of it will, you know, be not particularly in favour of what my mum did and may even be a bit antagonistic or hostile. Um, we, we don't know how that's going to happen or how we're going to deal with it. But, yeah, that is the tricky part of this project is putting something out that is so personal at my mother's wishes and saying, let's have a conversation, bring it on. And it's a, it is a really necessary and relevant conversation. And I think that, you know, as you're saying, I, I believe that the ABC audience will really... Uh, appreciate this kind of story and it's something that needs to be discussed for sure um sam i'm going to give you a bit of an easier question to to launch off things as well i've been a fan of your mum's work for a long period of time I, I think that you're a fantastic and really brilliant documentarian and, and thank you for your work there sam for you what is it like learning from somebody like kathy what is it like growing and appreciating you know how to be a filmmaker um, well, I mean, historically, we've made very different films when throughout my childhood, my parents were both documentary filmmakers, and I had absolutely no interest in filmmaking to begin with, and then absolutely no interest in documentary. Um, I wanted to work purely in scripted, because I thought that's where all the fun happened, um, and sort of fell into um, making some short form factual stuff, but again, quite different in content to my mum. And then this came along and grandma set the challenge to both of us um, and I had set out to make a film about our Euro trip. So when we went on our 
2016 adventure. I thought a 24-year-old and an 86-year-old traveling Europe, like this is going to be a hoot and it's going to be really lighthearted. And obviously um, there were lots of obstacles that we didn't anticipate. Um, So I had sort of come with this footage and with this idea in mind. And then when grandma um, you know, decided that she was ready to go and she asked us to make this film. I sort of had a third of the film there ready and um, Kathy started filming the stuff that happened in the middle and it just sort of organically happened and Grandma set the challenge to to us to work together and make this thing. And, um, yeah, look, I, it was challenging. It was really hard. Mum and I were both grieving and trying to deal with what... Laura had asked us in our own way and also our own really complicated and different relationships. So it was really difficult. But I think um, ultimately when you've got a shared project with someone, it it has a way of bringing you together because you've got shared goals. And I think it, it was quite an incredible thing to do with someone while you're both grieving. It brought out a lot of stuff that we might have suppressed otherwise. And it forced us to put our feelings into words for narration or you know, we had to plot our characters' journeys. <laughs> and so we were forced to talk about a lot of things. So I think it was it was um it was incredibly difficult, but you know, being down in the trenches kind of I, ultimately I think is gonna have made us stronger as a as yeah. a family. I, I um, think and so in terms too. of what yeah. I learned about filmmaking, I mean <laughs> it was like baptism by fire. <laughs> um, don't ever put yourself in a film. Don't ever put yourself in a film while you're grieving. I mean, there's so many rules that we broke. I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Um, but it was, I mean, Kathy would come into the edit suite every Friday and it was like having someone check your work, you know, like an incredibly experienced documentarian coming in and 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 Kathy's so good with story and structure and narration. Um, and so it was just, it was so great having that kind of outside perspective to sort of stop me from drowning at the end of every week yeah I mean the beautiful thing is we both learn things I learned an enormous amount from Sam I think she's a very gifted filmmaker and I'm going to say I think she's better than I am I think she's got a real flair and and a natural instinctive talent that's just divine and so I learned a lot um, as well and was able to pass on you know the odd thing I'd learned over my 30 years but Look, it was really a mutually uh, a learning experience. And I think as difficult as it was, there was underlying respect there that helped us through. And um, that was there all the time. And and I think remains to this day um, as respectful mm-hmm. what we each bring to the project, which is was, you know, complementary and different. And so the end result is that that combination of, yeah, two very different filmmakers from different generations um, being sort of thrust together and having to make it work. Yeah, and I guess in a way you have you have Laura as the backbone there as well, ensuring that you know it's it's a request which would be hard to deny. You know, and how do you how do you, I I know that we see what your reactions are to start off with in the film, but what kind of um, mentality what kind of headspace were you both at and discussing at the time uh when laura says i want you to make this film how did you both kind of discuss that kind of process well at first i'll start because at first um when she asked me i just thought well 
I, I will just humor her and we'll just make a little home movie that will be, you know, a tribute piece to mum. And um, and Sam's got this beautiful footage of the Euro trip that may or may not be a separate film. So it was at first I was really kind of reluctant to see it as a, you know, an ABC production, for example. But as we progressed and the story, you know, started to unfold and we, we both began to realise that, our journeys were fascinating even to us um, that we were learning so much about how families cope with this that it became apparent and then also we had support from our state agency who, who and, a, and an award that we won very early on the Brian Beaton award that was encouraging us to see this as a film and that it was a film that there was a big audience for so we kind of came to that really quite late in the the piece. Sam, you might have a different answer to that, but that's my answer. No, I think that's spot on. I think we it, it was never, you know, one day we were just a normal family going through something next day where we're going to make a big film about it. it. It happened really kind of slowly and it kind of crept up on us. I think we just sort of started filming things at her request and um, and then, yeah, like Kathy said, we got some interest and some support and I think we still sort of thought maybe it was just a, a smaller project um, and it just happened quite organically that it um, turned into an ABC commission and, and the product that you've seen. And I think when we got to Switzerland, um, those last four days, which form about, you know, a quarter or a third of the film, was just so extraordinary, you know, the things that were happening and the way mum was dealing with it. And we had this beautiful cinematography and sound team came down from Vienna to film it and their footage. You know, I just remember one seeing one time um, Patrick's zone footage of, drone footage, I'm sorry, <laughs> his drone footage of, of Switzerland. And I just, oh, my God, this is a film. This is a beautiful film. And everything that happened in that, in Switzerland was just really riveting to us. And we thought if we can capture this and put this in the film, I think it will be really interesting and very dramatic and compelling. Yeah. I, I really love the cinematography here and I love the way that it accentuates the peacefulness of voluntary assisted dying, because I think what this film does, if you don't mind me saying, is that this film doesn't, it strips away the mentality that, a lot of people might have about the process that goes on. And, you know, there's still quite a lot of a backwards, uh, you know, archaic kind of uh, process of, of expecting what actually happens in this process. And the beautiful cinematography paired with, you know, the footage of these final moments are just, it, it shows how peaceful it all actually is. And I, I really appreciate that for, for that, again, coming back to that honesty, I, this is, I will say, this is probably one of the hardest interviews I'll ever do because it is so, it is so personal. And uh, it's not just personal for you, but it's personal for everybody who goes through this kind of thing. We all have family members. Uh, my grandfather is going through something very similar. And I recall having discussions with him about end-of-life care and things like that. And he didn't feel confident enough to be able to actually... Uh, have those discussions with anybody other than me <laughs> and uh, I think that what your film does manages to allow encourage and support people to ha give 
there relative to the space to have those discussions. Um, that's a lot of words there. I'm really that's sorry. That's what we've but, found. No, yeah. no. I mean, this is it's it's this is not um, unusual. I think what we've really found is when we've had screenings is that um, everybody has a story and and people feel really compelled to share it after they've watched the film and. I think it's something that people really want to talk about and this film gives them an opportunity to. Um, and so I think that's quite mm. magic. And in terms of showing what happened on the day that she died, for me, I, I am an organiser. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to be able to plan for things. I have an Excel spreadsheet for everything. <laughs> and I couldn't find anything anywhere that, showed what actually happens when someone goes to Switzerland. It's always they go into a room and they shut the door and that's where the film ends. And I think, first of all, showing someone passing away, um, showing that it can be quite peaceful is really important, but also just for other people who have a family member who's maybe going to go through this, showing them what happens in terms of you have time with the body and then the police come and then they are going to take the body away and then you have the opportunity to go to the cremation and, you know, just like knowing the steps of what's going to happen for my brain (laughs) was so helpful. And so for me, I felt I wanted to show that for the family's benefit or other families who are going to go through it. But yeah, I mean, everything that you just said is what we hear when people come out of the screening. And um, I, I think that's really positive that, people want to share these stories and that they feel able to. And we're actually um, in the process of building a website for Laura's Choice that's going to have a part of it called Laura's Kitchen Table. Um, And the idea is that conversations that change the world happen around a kitchen table. So they begin. And so it's a forum for people to come and have um, safe and respectful conversations about end-of-life choices because I, I think after the a public screening everyone can talk but after an ABC broadcast I mean people are going to want to mm. talk about this with other people if they've watched it alone and so we're, we're hoping to give them an opportunity to do that. Now there you go I word vomited back at you. That's good thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I just we're going to be here for hours. <laughs> I agree that everyone finds their own way into the story and, and and makes it personal. And that's one of the unique factors about this. It's not a film that people walk away with or just a kind of a shrug. I mean, everybody finds themselves or their family or someone they know somewhere in this film. And I think for me, it was the opportunity to show a peaceful death, a beautiful death. I feel very privileged to have been able to say farewell to a parent in such a beautiful way and such a you know, profound way. And I think that seeing that and that that's possible and also that she wanted it to be joyful and she wanted it to be, you know, not somber. She wanted fun. She wanted it to be a glorious celebration of her, you know, and, and how good is the music score as well? Like we just so privileged to have had the wonderful music of Nicolette Boez who composed some music that just still makes, brings, you know, brings, goosebumps to me and to be able to add that um, and really bring out just how profound and beautiful death can be um, I hope that people will you know embrace that and not feel always death is something to look away from or to avoid or just not even talk about 
So I really acknowledge you for doing this interview because even journalists are scared of of the topic for some reason. And um, yeah, so it's you've been bold to jump in. Yeah. Well, thank you. But I think I mean, there's there's one thing which I've noticed with the the choice of subjects that you've chosen as a filmmaker, Kathy. Uh, they often, not all of them, of course, but they have tackled subjects that are relatively considered taboo in uh, society as a whole and as you're saying like death is like I feel like nowadays we can openly talk about sex and and that's perfectly fine that used to be a taboo but now death has kind of been uh, embraced as a major taboo that we don't talk about it even though the world has gone through this major catastrophe and everybody has experienced it in some ways and this film really takes us down that path. Uh, I'm curious for you as a director, is there a desire or a conscious um, drive to want to unveil the, the natural instincts and the, the natural nature of these taboos that, that we should, they shouldn't be a taboo at all? Well, I think so. I mean, I'm definitely my mother's daughter and, um, you know, she, she was very unconventional and very, um, thinking outside the box and eccentric to a degree and definitely didn't conform to the rule of the society. She was a really independent thinker and she encouraged me to be independent. And so I suppose, yeah, questioning things and uh, tackling issues that aren't normally, you know, are tackled. I mean, with the man who stole my mother's face, we, we dived into victim blaming, which at that point hadn't really been much talked about or the notion that rape is a men's issue is, it was quite new and um you know mum was very very keen on breaking those taboos and then of course she's done it with with this topic i also addressed um the, with the spike milligan film the idea of comedians with with manic depression or with depression that they often go hand in hand and at that point talking about mental health was was again taboo so i have done that and um i guess it's partly um i have to credit my dear mother for planting that instinct in me and maybe i've planted in you sam i don't know <laughs> possibly <laughs> time will tell <laughs> so what what for you sam where do you feel that your journey will go from here i mean this is a pretty it's a pretty big start yeah, um, I'm. I mean, I'm still so deep in this film, to be honest. There's still so much work. I'm one of the producers as well as the co-director. So, um, in the lead up to this ABC broadcast, it's just um, pretty full on. Um, we're also doing an exhibition to go along with the film, which has been really um, a great outlet for my creativity after dealing with. Um, deliverables and paperwork for the past few months (laughs) so um that's having its opening night um two weeks from today it'll be at the spectrum gallery at ecu and it's called conversations around a kitchen table and um there'll be a big kitchen table in the middle where you're encouraged to sit down and and talk about death with your loved ones or with your friends or strangers um and there'll also be interactive video displays some photos from the film um and so that's that's sort of where all my energy is going at the moment it's um really really exciting to be sort of playing in a different medium and then watch this space (laughs) (laughs) 
With, with that in mind, do you think that the modern filmmaker needs to be uh, like tapped into different mediums nowadays to get the message out and to get the film out? Like one of the things which I've noticed, especially with the documentaries and stuff like that in Australia, is that there is a a post-platform release and all this kind of stuff where there is the film and then there is a podcast or there is a discussion or there is a website and stuff like that. How important is that for you both as filmmakers to have that continued discussion point um, beyond the film itself? I think it's project-dependent. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, think, I think for this one it, it makes a lot of sense um, and there is some kind of you know, multi-platform opportunities with it. And I think it's going to have, it's not an, it's not a um, temporary issue. You know, everyone, everyone will die. Everyone knows someone who's died. Um, it's totally universal and permanent. We can't escape it. Um, and so I think it makes sense for this film to have a life after the broadcast and for us to sort of nurture that. Uh, but I don't know if every project needs it. it it depends if you have an impact strategy or not um i quite like these other elements of filmmaking i like dipping my toe into other art forms so um i i think it's really exciting and it keeps things fresh but yeah i think it's totally project dependent what what do you think Kat? Well, I was going to say impact projects uh, do require some kind of, you know, platform and place where people can, you know, have the conversation and where you can find out more. And I probably a, a, about half of the films that I've made have have had an impact campaign. So it's not not new um, for me and it has quite a long history and they've become now almost um, part and parcel with, with documentary. And so I, I just love the idea of, trying new ways of, of engaging with your audience. And this exhibition is just, as Sam said, is just so much fun and a really fresh way for us to put these ideas in into a physical space and have people come in. And, you know, I'm very excited for, for opening it and seeing how that plays. But, yes, it's a, this film has a long life. It's not going to date, I think, and we need to set up something that will give it that permanence where it can continue uh, I mean, I'm keen to let it go and say, there, Mum, we did it, bye. <laughs> but I think we need to <laughs> a place where, where people will continue to discover it. And, of course, it has its international journey still to come. Um, so I think we're going to be living with this for some time. We just want to have a place for it to comfortably and, and safely and respectfully, um, you know, land and, and, and be, be managed. With that in mind, there's there's two more questions that I, I want to touch on, and they kind of blend into one another in a way. Um, with that in mind, how do you both prepare yourself for that continued journey for this film? As you're saying, there's the international release and things. I mean, I, I'm not saying like the obvious things, uh, going to see a, a therapist and talking about it and things like that, but I'm just hoping that you're both being kind to yourself because this is really, it's it's hard to probably approach this kind of film uh, on a regular basis. And I, I just, I just want to know that you're both okay. Is basically Aww. what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's very sweet. Therapy is a part of it. Um, yeah. It's taken its toll on, on my health for sure. And I'm in a recovery phase and, you know, I think I didn't quite anticipate how rough it was going to be. And um, so I'm, I'm in recovery now and, 
yeah, how we prepare for the next stage. I don't know. We're just doing still one day at a time, really, aren't we, Sam? There's just such an endless yeah. list of things to do. Um, you just really have to kind of wake up every day and just get on with it. Um, I hope that the ABC broadcast will bring some part of it to an end, but I don't know. It, it all depends on how people respond and what happens after, which we really don't know, do we? No. I'm a big advocate for therapy, though, and um, I've been seeing a therapist since I, the trip with my grandma, specifically um, I'm sure you remember the fall that happens quite early on in the film. So I had some EMDR therapy to um, recover from that, which was transformative. Um, and I, I think um, preparing ourselves for other people's emotional responses it brings up a lot in people and there are going to be people who are very very opposed to what my grandma did um I don't know how you prepare for that I don't know if you properly can other than going that person has their own life experiences and um I have mine and we have differences and that's fine um and I guess we don't know what's going to happen after the broadcast it's sort of like that's the end of the there's like a cliff there and we're, we're not sure where the, what, where the path goes after that. So we'll see. We've got little parachutes though, haven't we, Sam? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to hold up. So. Well, I think one of the things which I've, I've gathered from the film is that you both have a really strong support network and that's, that's really helpful when dealing with the loss of a family member, when dealing with the release of a film even you know the, the stresses and anxieties of day-to-day life and um i guess you you're both are in a, such a unique situation where it's it's all compounded into one kind of uh, entity and yeah again i hope that you've been kind to yourselves because that leads me into my next question and and kind of the final thing that i want to talk about is the the joy in this film um the positivity here because uh, you know you read the description of what Laura's choice is going to be and and the immediate reaction I'm sure for many people is oh I'm going to be crying throughout this whole entire film and you're not and there is something about this film that I could put this on again right now and laugh and cry and feel warm and happy and all this kind of stuff because Laura is such a beautiful joyous person and we're all lucky to have spent two hours with her you know and and getting to know her and 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 love her I guess what I want to know is how do you both feel about sharing that kind of joy how important was that for you both to to share oh we should have started with this (laughs) I should have I should have (laughs) can we take that quote and just put it on the website I I love I actually brought tears to my eyes when you were saying that um that joy is so important to the story and to us and yeah, she was. She turns out to be very funny. Um, I was quite surprised at at just how cheeky and funny she was toward the end, and um, she'd be yeah constantly surprised us. And then we had wonderful surprises like Doctor Christian, who when people see the film, they'll <laughs> know this doctor who comes to assess her. You know, turns out to be really quite hilarious. And um, so the joy of it is is terribly important, and I'm glad you picked up on it. The ABC are billing it as a joyous end of life story, and I think that's a that's really good. good way to present the film. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the best way of saying it. Yeah. It is yeah. a joyous story. Yeah. Sorry for and saying I think, you continue. No, I was just going to say, I think life is totally absurd and you have in your mind of how really big serious events are meant to go and ridiculous stuff always just ends up happening. And that it's just, it's life is not um, sentimental at all. It's, I mean, Dr. Christian is the perfect example of that. That's not how we thought that day was going to go at all. And it's the same with grandma. She's just um, full of surprises and she really set the tone that she wanted it to be joyous. And there was a lot of joy that, you know, the photo shoot that I did with her in the theatre, that was such a joyous day. And I wouldn't, I know that I wouldn't have done that if, if it, I didn't know the day that she was going to die. And so it's, it's unexpected, but having a, a confirmed death approaching creates moments of joy and beauty that you, you wouldn't otherwise have. And I think for, for audiences, the idea of a farewell party to say goodbye to your family and community is not a, it's not a celebration we normally have. And one of the things I think that comes from the film that it, it's a, it's a good way to end a life and to have a celebration of your life while you're still there, people can say what they want to say and hear what they have to say. It was very beautiful. And of course, mum chose to frame it as the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. So we had to dress up in ridiculous costumes and wear funny gear <laughs> and so on. But, you know, again, it added to the sort of zany joyousness. And there's some things we added in the film that just make Sam and I laugh and we we just left them in because, you know, we find it funny and we just we really did want to make sure that there was a good balance between, you know, what is quite profound and at the same time it was very joyous. Yeah, I I love this film and... Again, look, I'm, I'm I'm grateful that you're both sharing this story and and have each other because I think that you know there is so much to take away from this film and and certainly for me at least one of the things is you know I I know I want to have a life celebration before I go I want to I want to have friends and family around to do that and I think that that's something that we need to do more often um, because we don't know when we're going to go and and while you know sometimes we do get a choice sometimes we don't and that is um we've got to make every moment count which sounds so like when you say that i know when we say that it's like it sounds so silly but this film shows that we need to make every moment count because as you're saying sam you wouldn't have done the photo shoot if you didn't have that date and mm-hmm. we need to do more photo shoots you know we need to do more of those <laughs> kinds of things yeah. Yeah. Well, the, Buddha, the Buddhist in the film uh, makes a comment I think might be a nice way to leave this is that the more we focus on death, the more we appreciate the life that we have. And it's therefore not something to be avoided because, you know, the, knowing the date made us really get the best out of every bit of the last days with mum. And so I do think there's a value in thinking about death as it does deepen your appreciation of life. That was the wonderful and great Sam Lara and Kathy Henkel talking about their beautiful, glorious documentary, Laura's Choice, which is screening at the WA Made Film Festival on Saturday 13th of March at 1.30pm at Palace Cinemas Rain Square in Perth. Uh, 
And if you can't attend there, then fear not, it will be on ABC next week. And I urge everyone to watch this powerful, beautiful film with their family, their friends, their loved ones, and to have that difficult discussion that we so often avoid. Uh, now is the time to have it, and I believe that the strength of this film gives everybody the courage and the, the power to be able to embrace that discussion and have it without criticism. Uh, it is something we all need to do and I, I cannot urge people enough. I know that it's hard, I really know it is um, because I've had those discussions myself. But we owe it to ourselves and each other and our loved ones to do those, have those discussions. Uh, it is really important. And once again, if this particular discussion uh, has brought up any feelings that are hard to deal with, then please, of course, Beyond Blue is a great point of contact, one 224636 or Lifeline is also really helpful too, one 131114 And I have certainly leaned on those services before in the past and will likely do it in the future too. Um, but they are fantastic. <sighs> yeah, thanks for listening guys, I really appreciate it. Um, if you like these interviews, if you like what I do, then please head over to the website thecurb.com.au to check out more uh, sign up to the newsletter while it's there uh, head over to the Facebook page as much as whatever that is uh, facebook.com forward slash thecurbau and on Twitter as well thecurbau and if uh, you like head over to patreon.com forward slash thecurbau for as little as one Australian dollar a month uh, you can help keep the site independent and going um, that's about it from me guys uh, you know, I just asked you to do all of those things, but really the one main thing that I want you to do is go and watch Laura's Choice. Uh, thank you all. Look after each other, be kind to each other, and give your partner, your mum, your dad, your grandparents a hug. A really long one near next time you see them. Yeah. Love you all. Bye. Love this podcast? Support it and sponsor today. Simply head to oscastnetwork.com for details.